0: My friend Clementina has been getting bigger over the last year. What's the weight that I'm looking at? A hundred kilos. hundred kilos? I don't even know what that is.
1: A hundred kilos is 225 pounds. Jesus
0: Christ! Oh my God! Since the last time I'd seen her, Clementina had gotten into Olympic-style weightlifting. And she spends a lot of her week between two gyms in the D.C. area. On this particular day, we were talking at a CrossFit in northwest D.C., where she walked me through her two-hour routine.
1: There's something about everything that's involved in the complex movement of Olympic-style weightlifting that gives you every panic attack, and then it provides every kind of meaningful joy.
0: (laughs) Clementine is a Renaissance woman with a background in science, culinary arts, and if there was an award for vulgar honesty, I'd hand it to her. I don't
1: fucking care. What the fuck do you mean? What am I doing in there? Oh, my fucking Christ. What the fuck was that? Yeah, totally fuck, right?
0: Along with everything else, she's added intense weightlift training to her skill set. I don't know much about weightlifting or the community that goes along with it, and I always assume that women face more hurdles than men.
1: You know, what's interesting is that within the sport of CrossFit and the sport of weightlifting, um, women are... Regarded with respect and reverie. But outside of it, the perception of it outside is a totally different story. Dudes get real freaked out. Somebody said, the myth that women shouldn't be strong is perpetuated by women who fear work and men who fear women. And I think it's very true.
0: I don't know if you caught that, but that whole thing is a saying within the CrossFit community. And the last words really struck me. Men who fear women.
1: Dudes in particular, especially in dating, they're like, they're either, they either want to fetishize it in two different ways. But it's either this, oh, you, you want to arm wrestle? <laughs> like some kind of stupid bullshit like that. Or it'll be like in this very negative way where they give you some kind of backhanded compliment. Like, oh, do you really want your biceps to be bigger than mine? Or like some bullshit like that, you know? And you're like, um, I actually don't care.
0: I love riffing with her especially about dating, because as a single guy, it's so energizing to hear how all the other guys are the ones with issues. What's your response to the, like, you want to arm wrestle kind of comments?
1: I'm always like, not really. (laughs) You want to just have dinner? I'm kind of hungry.
0: (laughs) And how does it go from there?
1: I mean, it depends. I'm currently mostly single right now, so... I'm sure you can imagine how that typically goes.
0: This is Mark Pagan, and you're listening to Other Men Need Help. Life, I've been man. I had just a few long relationships in my 20s and 30s that added up to nearly a decade of being partnered. That meant nearly a decade without having to label all the things that made me a viable bachelor. So after my last relationship ended a few years ago, I found myself setting up a dating profile for the first time. Besides what Clementina was saying, I like hearing the things that women have to say about dating and what they encounter with men's dating profiles.
1: If anyone writes uh, just living life to the fullest, I immediately swipe the uh, no all the guys, like the first thing that they tell you is that they're like in finance or they're bankers. Number one, stop taking selfies. Like in 2017, in the age of information and technology where you have so many pictures, why do you need to take a selfie and put it on your profile? I don't care to look at your mirror selfie of you flexing your biceps with no shirt on. I have a picture of a guy showing his six pack off in a porta potty. Why would you do that? You can see the toilet, like this is not where romance started, ever. If there's not a single joke in a long written profile, I think that's, a, that, that's seriously bad. There's so many men who don't write a bio and I've got friends who are like male friends who are great guys and they don't write anything and I'm like, why haven't you put anything there? I think if they lead with like this facade of what they want you to think that they are, it, it's never the same thing in the end, you, you know, you can't get to know the person and like what they really like and what they're really about.
0: I often tell them that sucks to hear, and it does. But inside, I'm also like, whee, <laughs> the world is going to love me. I got to admit that there was a bit of ego and maybe overconfidence because I keep thinking women have to encounter so many idiots out there, and this is going to be kind of fun. My dating profile is like an announcement saying, Hey, world, Mark is back, and this is what you've been missing. I so had this. And on top of that, I brought in a friend to help me. This is when we find out what kind of person you are, Mark. This is my buddy Anita. I wanted her to call me out on any areas that I might be overlooking, just to get this profile sparkling. I say just pretend you're writing a Tinder profile. All right, so I'm going to set this up. I'm a straight man. Birthday, potential pictures... I want to be self-effacing without sounding like a, I don't care, and also I'm just a funny guy. But tell me what you think of this. Should I read it out loud? Sure. All right. Super sincere, patient, former b-boyer, genuine, dry-witted, female-raised, well-traveled, and poised. It's long. I would trim it by 50%. All right, so what I'm doing with my life... Oh, God. Anita, these...
1: I would try and not go too hard on these questions.
0: I mean, a lot of these I can just be honest about. Do you enjoy discussing politics? Yes. Sure. Uh, not on a first date. <laughs> yeah. Is astrological sign important? Uh, I would hope not. Is jealousy healthy in a relationship? Yeah. It is? I think it is. Like, a little bit of jealousy. Oh, boy. Oh, After I set up my profile, there were a few weeks of online conversations that went nowhere, first dates that ended after a drink, and a series of polite but unmemorable evenings. I was reminded that dating is hard. And then Shripa showed up in my profile. Shripa was promising. Her messages were sharp and funny. She was communicative with a positive energy mixed with a dry wit. So we picked a brick oven pizza place and decided to meet on a Saturday night. I got to our date 15 minutes early and stood in front of the restaurant. There are these moments as an adult where I find myself talking to me as a teenager, saying things like, You're going on a date, you New York bachelor, you. And you've got credit cards in your name to pay for it. You know, one bottle of Malbec to recommend drinking. And there's a woman who's excited to meet this stranger she's been joking around with online. I heard heels coming up the sidewalk, and there was Shripa, much cuter than her pictures let on. Now, I didn't bring a recorder on the date, but I asked my friend Priya to play what happened on this date out with me. The date went fine, and the reason I chose Priya Priya to play this out with me is because she has the same job that my date did and she's just as enthusiastic about it.
1: So I'm a public
0: defender. So I've been a PD for seven or eight years now. Actually, I don't have too many people in my life who are public defenders. I don't know anybody.
1: Well, that's that's good. That yeah. bodes well. That means you've never had to use my services.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so when she started talking about her career, the occupation itself and her passion for it, I did not Feel good. I really, really love what I do. It's, it's. I don't even feel like it's work sometimes. I
1: wake up in the morning and I get to defend people who don't have a voice, who society has cast aside, and I get to be their representative. I get to either try to keep them out of jail or mitigate their sentences.
0: Wow. Yeah. Anyways,
1: oh. I've like totally talked your ear off. No, um.
0: no that's great. I wondered. Am I insecure that my date is a successful woman? No, that can't be. That's not reflected on my dating profile. I'm a nice guy. I listen. I've never catcalled. I have tons of friends who are women. I'm progressive. In a few years, I will vote for the first woman nominated for the presidency.
1: The myth that women shouldn't be strong is perpetuated by women who fear
0: work and men who fear women. I am not threatened by a woman's success. Or am I? I looked back and remembered a few moments when I had this same feeling. Like the time my high school girlfriend told me her SAT score, which was higher than mine. Or when my friend Jen told me about her promotion at a production company or the gallery opening for my ex-girlfriend Sophia's installation. The same night, she had to ask me a few times, are you okay? What's going on? And now this date with Shripa. I know I'm not making the same amount as this woman, and I am not as enthusiastic about my career as she is. You tell me you're a weightlifter, or that you've lived or been to Guadalajara, or that you can drink me under the table, I'm fine because I don't measure my worth in those areas. But if there's a threat of you making more money than me, or that you are more established in your career, I will search in my head for a way to remedy that situation. In my head, I thought, if only I owned a home, that could prove to her that I'm financially secure. If only I, I, I had a kid or had been married or, 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 or was close to getting married, that could prove that, that I was invested. And by the time the date ended, my head was plopped. I was like, there's no way this is going to work out. There's no way any dating is going to work out. Where the fuck is my life headed? And it was all because she was excited about her career. The next day, I was walking up 4th Avenue in Brooklyn, thinking about the night before. I have this habit. When I walk on the sidewalk, I like to look into cars to see which ones are automatic and which ones are stick shift. I just think that's a real driver. So I'm walking and I see this sports car and I look inside and it's got a stick shift and there's a sign on the window that says for sale and has a phone number. So impulsively, I dialed. I said to myself, I'm going to buy this car. I set up a time to meet the owner. And right after I got off the phone, I thought, oh my God, this is because of last night. I've become the guy who buys a sports car. No, 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 no. You go through my dating profile, you will not see me holding tigers or any shirtless pictures of me or photos of me with my bachelor crew hanging out in front of a Lamborghini in South Beach, Miami. What's up, girl? Damn, you looking good. This is different. This has gotta be different. This has gotta be different. Oswaldo was the name of the owner, and he lived a few blocks away from me with his daughter Naomi. The two of them chatted with me as I looked the car over.
1: In La Puerta. He's the second owner of it.
0: Now, I thought about what friends of mine would say if I texted them, I'm about to buy a sports car. Would they think I'm going to come pick them up in some red Porsche? What Oswaldo just said is it's an RX-7 from 84. As in, it's a 1984 Mazda RX-7. What the hell was I doing? I wasn't even doing the sports car cliche right. I should be rolling up with something that makes people go, wow, this dude is early for a midlife crisis, but he is showing up in style. Experience the best-selling two-seat sports car in America. Experience. experience the performance of the 1983 Mazda RX-7. Experience the stability of anti-sway bars front and rear, 0 to 50 in 6.3 seconds, and efficient aerodynamics. The RX-7, one of the world's great driving experiences. Experience. and one of the world's great sports car values. The more you look, the more you like the Mazda Experience. It didn't really hit me why this car was special until Oswaldo said, "El carro Malibu eh, me siempre papá 69 él Oswaldo loves the old Malibus because his father bought one, and that's the car he learned to drive on. And this mid 1980s sports car sitting right in front of me—that was the car I learned to drive on and from someone I did not expect to teach me. All of that and so much more on our next episode of Other Men Need Help. This week's episode was produced by Mark Bagan, Ben Goldberg, Tambir Mansour, and Rebecca Seidel with editing by all of us. How about that? Special thanks to Priya Chavez, Anita Flores, and Clementina Russo. You can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. And do not forget to rate and review because it is a huge help. You can also sign up for our newsletter at othermenneedhelp.com and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, that's it. Until next time. Ciao, ciao. Adios. Bye. Make the evening special with a glass of heaven. This month, the one red wine that you cannot live without. Montaña, the Malbec of the gods, created in a special vineyard in Western Argentina. The only wine that makes you say, I want to write a painting into a poem and distribute it as an independent film. I can see the stars and there is one with your name on it and it is in a galaxy where there is oxygen. The only wine that makes you say, I enjoy your blog, Montaña, the Malbec of Men. Pick up your bottle of Montaña this month at Walgreens. This month at Walgreens, all bottles of montagna are $4.99. That's right, $4.99. Make your night special with a bottle of montagna.